Hi friends, I'm Molly and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness podcast crew where we're continuing our conversations exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And we are talking about anything ranging from depression to complex trauma to nightmares and seriously everything in between because we really do believe that the thought process that have us in these stuck places can be change. And as our thought processes change, our brains change. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. So for those of you who've been keeping up with this podcast, we are doing our Relief from Darkness, Biblical Recovery from Substance Abuse and Addiction series. After we kind of filmed a few, we kind of saw this need. And then we happened to have someone who had the ability to meet the need. So we're here with Allie. Hi, Allie. Hi. And she is kind of going through the teaching, giving us biblical principles combined with kind of the 12-step program and merging those two things together to see how we can truly be set free from substance abuse and addiction. And then we have our very own Dr. Lori Basie. Yes, I'm here. And she is here to give us the CPR breakdown of the walkout of this addiction and substance abuse. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get started. And as a little recap, um, the first one in this series was called Here I Am, Now What? Where we kind of acknowledge that we need help. And then the second one was I Can't But God Can, realizing that we are completely dependent upon God to help us through this. And then number three was titled Burn the Ships, where there's no going back, where we're all in and we're committed to recovery. And so now we're here with number four, which is titled, this one might be my favorite so far. It is titled, There's Spinach in Your Teeth. (laughs) That's good. Good title. Right? So Allie, can you just go ahead and tell us about there's spinach in your teeth? What does that mean? Yes. So there is spinach in your teeth. The four step of the 12 step program is that you make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. So I read this article um, called The Duty of Introspection by um, Tim Chalice. And there was a quote that I just love. And it it said, self-examination serves a dual purpose, to bring sin into exposure, which calls us to repent and to see God's grace in our lives. So to bring sin into exposure, right, which calls us to repent, is contrary to the nature that we all have to live in um, a state of maybe ignoring the spinach that's in our teeth. So to ignore our inventory is living in the land of denial. And living in the land of denial is going to hinder our growth. It's going to hinder our healing. It will destroy the work that we have begun through those first three steps if we're not willing to confront the real stuff that's going on inside. Like if my behaviors, my habits, my hurts, my hangups, as CR calls it, those things have to be dealt with. And so there's, biblically, there are consequences to living in that land of denial, to not um, engage with the inventory and ultimately bring it before the throne of God so that it can be worked out. But we'll get there. So Proverbs 5, 21 through 23 says, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is is held fast. 
in the cords of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline and because of his great folly is led astray. We also know that at this point, right, so we have recognized that our lives are a mess, that we can't fix it, that there's only one who can, and that's God, and that through surrender to Jesus Christ, we've given our our lives and our will over to his care. So we have done the surrender. And, and if we ignore the hard work that comes after that, then we're going to live out the Hebrews 10, 26 through 27 that says, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fire and a fury a fire that will consume the adversaries. Mm. So if I don't deal with the things that I know now that I have to deal with and I am denying the knowledge that has been given to me, I'm not walking in obedience or surrender. Mm-hmm. It, this is very real, but there's grace. There's grace for it, and I love that. Eventually, we have to look in the mirror and see the spinach in our teeth. We have to own it and we have to do the examination or count the inventory of our lives to begin taking action. For all of us, harboring resentment and fear is natural in how we have conducted our lives and most likely drove our behaviors and addiction. Uh, So anger, depression, codependency, and inability to respond to the hard things of life, to relationships and the problems that come with that. Uh, they're all rooted in 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 resentment and fear. Like yeah. it all comes from that. Um, and so our task now is to ask God for help in revealing these to us. It's only then that we can move forward. So Lamentations 340 says, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. What I love about that is that we're not going to test and examine our ways and then stay in a place of shame and guilt and go backwards. So we're going to return to the Lord, which means he's going to call us out of that. He's going to give us the grace that we need to confront these hard things and deal with it. Mm -hmm. Our job is to look in the mirror and look for the spinach, right? So uh, if we have surrendered to Jesus as our Lord, this includes every single aspect of our lives. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So again, it's not even my ability to do that. Like I can take the fear that I have of going through and listing out the the hurtful things that I have done that have been done to me and what has come from those, the consequences maybe of my actions and how if I did something to someone as a result of my addiction or the lifestyle that I was in and I was called out for that or I suffered a consequence, it probably hurt something else in my life that maybe had value. And so I'm going to have anger and bitterness and resentment towards whatever that is. Mm -hmm. But if I don't deal with it, then I'm not going to be able to overcome it. Right. So the next time that a hard thing comes up or I have to face a consequence of a choice or a behavior, hopefully I've done these things and I'm able to say, wait a minute, I'm going to be able to check this really quick and I'm going to be able to test my ways to examine where I'm at and return to the Lord. That's the end goal of these steps is to be able to 
think about what I'm thinking about, to be intentional in my walk. But we have to start there. We have to start with the confrontation. Yeah. So asking God to reveal the things that need attention and trust, trusting him uh, to give you the grace to deal with them. And in that trust and by taking time to list out these areas, we can pray for guidance to also see the inventory that is good, right? And know that God's grace is present in all of it. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end, and they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We don't have to live in the identity of who we were before the cry, like before the cross. Yeah. We have been given a new identity, and we get to walk that out. But the word is so clear that we are to put off our old man. And if I'm not even able to look in the mirror and identify the things that my old man does or thinks about or you know, dwells on, um, then how can I put him off and put on something new? Does that make sense? Yeah. So Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 10, which is a life passage for me, and I want everybody in the entire world to memorize all 10 of these verses and, <laughs> and live them out every single day. Paul is so good in speaking to us about identity, the identity of who God is, the identity of who he is and, and his authority in writing to us and our relationship with God and who we are in him and who we were before him. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love Paul's letters, but this is um, just something that is so incredibly important to remember, especially if you're walking out of recovery because, or if you're walking into recovery out of addiction, um, because it's a really hard process and there are painful things that come up. But Everybody who has on flesh has hard things to overcome in this life. It's just true. Yeah. And so um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our enemy seeks to devour us, to keep us in bondage, to keep us from seeing the spinach and removing it. But Jesus calls us to life, to freedom, to floss the gunk out of our, so that our teeth don't rot, (laughs) Uh, to restore and heal so that he may be glorified and we can walk in the works he purposed us to. 
We are his creation designed for him. And the things that we have brought with us as a result of our time and following the course of the world, again, we have to face that in order to be able to grow from it, to move on. That is so good. As you were talking, I mean, I'm thinking about Dr. Lori. It sounds a lot like connection with self. Mm-hmm. And we kind of have a little thing that like you can't crucify what you cover. And this reminds me of that so much of like the more that we want to ignore the spinach or not do anything with the spinach and then the longer it stays there. But like God can't heal it. Well, he can do anything. But if we won't acknowledge that it even needs healing, Mm -hmm. if we can't acknowledge our need for him in that spinach or in that sin or in that thought or in that hidden motive or in that hidden agenda, if we won't acknowledge him in it, then he doesn't, it can't be crucified by our own, by our own will. So Dr. Lori, how would you break this down from a connection with self standpoint? Oh, I think this is so good. And in fact, it reminds me of a story that happened just this last week. So my husband is a dentist. And so right now I affectionately refer to him as honey boo boo. And <laughs> I don't know what happened, but the, a little piece of my filling on my very back bottom tooth chipped out. And that was like a month or two ago. And since then, I was just ignoring it and it doesn't hurt. And I didn't really want to go see him at work. I love seeing him, but not at work. I told him that I'm on the five-year dental maintenance plan, but I end up going in <laughs> even more than that. And so But I've been fasting from sugar, and so initially fruit tasted terrible, but now I've got the munchies at night, and so I'm smacking down on some some blackberries, and I got a blackberry seed stuck in that hole in my back tooth. Uh -uh. And I thought, oh, no, I wonder what will happen if I don't get that that seed out of my tooth and it wouldn't come out. And so finally I fessed up and I said, honey, boo-boo, there's a little piece that chipped out of my tooth and do I need to come in? And when I went in, he couldn't even find the hole because a blackberry seed actually was the same color as the filling material. So he had to scrape and finally he found the blackberry seed. That thing popped off or popped out and then he filled it. But just out of curiosity, I asked him, what would have happened if I wouldn't have come in? And he said, if you would have waited any longer then all of the little cavity bugs, this is how he talks to me, all of the little cavity bugs would have gone and it would have produced all of this stuff and your, your tooth would have gotten soft and you would have had big problems. And so by the time we're usually ready to look in the mirror or to address ourselves. There's some big problems, Mm -hmm. but what I want to remind us in, in the CPR, let's start just for a second with connection that we have to connect with God. And here's the deal that he's already done everything that he needs to do. And he already loves us. And this isn't performance based. And you think about what Adam and Eve first did when they didn't measure up, when they were, they had spinach in their teeth. And so instead of running to God, when he first appeared in the garden and telling him what they had done so that they could work together and devise a plan, what did they do? They They hid in shame and they tried to cover themselves. And so It's really, really not the most efficient way. He loves us because he loves us because he loves us. He's not going to love 
us any more or any less if we do or don't. But we really need to do our part. There's his part, but there's also our part. And I think it's really important to remember in the CPR with our connection with God that shame and secrecy and hiding are one of the first strategies that the devil introduced. And when we partner with him, we run away from God. So if we will just run to him, knowing that we can never earn his love. He's already loved us. He's already died for us. He loves us because he loves us. And if we could just muster up the the strength in him to get a good look at ourselves, then we can start to proactively address those things and devise a plan with him. And I think if we've been using substances, then if we have addiction, then when we get off of or we try not to utilize, then the feeling seems so, so big Mm -hmm. and so, so real. And it's important to remember that those things too shall pass, that you have to get a good hard look. We have to look at ourselves. We have to actively address those things. No matter how big the feelings are, we can't hide in shame and secrecy. And I think ultimately it's going to come down to then us then partnering with Jesus in self-control as a fruit of the spirit, as we allow him to work in and through us. And ultimately it comes down to, do we want to be healed? And what does that look like? Because now we've created real neural pathways in our brain with addiction. And if we, we try to stop that and to take a look at that, actually that's, that's actually become our subconscious behavior, our go-to. We're not used to the feelings. We're not used to the responsibility. Sometimes we can't even look at ourselves or, or look at others that we've hurt And it's going to be really, really, really important that we're willing to do the hard work to create new neural pathways. That's what's so cool about Jesus. He's enabled us to literally be able to reshape our brain based on what we put into our physical bodies and the chemicals that are released and us doing the hard work. But it really is going to be quite a bit of hard work. We have to literally create new neural pathways. We have to starve the old. We have to feed the new. And it's going to seem like things are actually worse than ever before. Sometimes it looks like it's getting worse before it gets better because we haven't had the reality or the sobriety as we take a good hard look at ourselves. And there's a, a saying that I love that says that many of us are at war within ourselves manifesting selfishness and pride that God will not bypass. Yeah. And so ultimately, I guess it comes down to we're going to choose today who we're going to serve. And there's a scripture in James 4 out of the message version that I always look at and that I love to to look at him and then to get enough strength to go to him. And it talks about sin, which is what Ali so so eloquently spoke about that in, let me just read it. It says, you're cheating on God if all you want is your own way. Flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies of God in his way. And do you not suppose that God doesn't care? The proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against a willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. And so what does that look like if we just go to Jesus? 
in the middle of all this, in the hurt and the heartache and the pain. And if we just get really real, we take a good hard look at ourselves and we don't then run in shame and fear. And we allow God to fulfill that thing in us. The feelings are going to feel big. Our brain is organized for survival and simplicity. We've already created new neural pathways in our brain that literally have changed the structure of our brain, driving us to addiction. And so ultimately, it's going to come down to, are we going to serve God or not? I read even this morning a definition of idolatry, and it said that idolatry is the attempt to fulfill a God-given longing in a God-absent direction. Hmm. And That's so good. No matter what, addiction would be a God-absent direction. And we have to be in control. We have to be the hero in our own story. If we think about movies, every good movie has the same plot. There's adversity. There's against all odds with addiction. It may feel like it's against all odds. You have a guide that comes alongside of a character. And that's what Allie has been in this podcast, and we we process out and we devise a plan. But ultimately, those who are struggling with addiction have to determine, are they going to be the hero of their own story? Or are they going to be the uh, victim? Are they, are they going to willingly put something else in the spot that only God can fulfill as they walk out of this? And it'll either end in success or destruction, but ultimately... The choice is ours. And it's a beautiful process with the creator of the universe who loves us and knows us. That's really good. I think from a like experiential standpoint, and as you guys are talking, I'm trying to think about what it was like like coming out of addiction or coming off of substances. And Dr. Lori, how you explained that the feelings feel really, really big. Mm-hmm. That can't ring any more true. And I even think, though, on the other side of it now, I can kind of look back and see that it was really like the anxiety of getting the gunk out of me was bigger than actually just doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like I would just like I would get myself all worked up about dealing with the hurt or dealing with the trauma or dealing with the whatever, the sin or the hidden sin and secret sin. And I would give, make myself so anxious about that whenever in reality, what I found is actually just doing the thing is a lot less intimidating than what you get yourself worked up for. Yep. So Allie, I was wondering if you had any just personal story about then what was it like for you walking out of this or what was it like Living in this step. Sorry, Molly. I was. I, I had so many thoughts. One was the feelings are very big when you were walking out of that. But there also, I spent a lot of time, I think, in addiction using so that I could feel different things. Yeah. Like I was numb in ways that I didn't want to be and feeling things that I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. And yes. so that's good. When I had to do my fourth step in rehab, it was excruciating. I, as you guys know, I don't like sitting still and doing anything for any number of time. I just, <laughs> I just don't. I want to be up and moving and doing all the things. But we had like four pages of questions 
to go through. And it was everything under the sun of, have you ever done this? What was your experience with this? And it was, like I said, it was excruciating. I remember sitting in my bunk just thinking, is this almost over? And I had started to just write down very um, generic answers. But I remember realizing the importance of why this was happening. Mm -hmm. And going back to, if nothing changes, then nothing will ever change. And I have spent years trying to just generically skate through the things that I didn't want to do. And so for me taking like even just listing out the hard things alone was a step of growth in itself. And I think that's also what you're, you're getting to is like just doing it, just doing it and doing it right and doing it real. Yeah. But also another thought, and this is a lesson that is a little bit later down the road, but man, I'm still doing this every day. Mm -hmm. And there are things that, you know, I still can work myself up about doing when in reality, just doing it is generally uh, beneficial and profitable and brings whatever it is that needs to be brought out to light. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still something that needs to be recognized and dealt with. But I think as we grow in this, as we do it the first time, then as we we're able to say, okay, wait a minute, I'm not going to dwell in this anxiety. I'm not going to push this off and go distract myself and do something else. I'm going to go face the spinach in the teeth. I'm going to go get my floss and I'm going to get it out. Yeah. You know, but it, it's that first time that I think is the hardest. Yeah. Um, because for the first time you're, you are facing all of the hard things, all of the gunk, so to speak. And then it's like, I mean, even if we go on with the with the teeth analogy, I mean, isn't it easier to maintain like after it's out than mm-hmm. to just go in and at first clean it all? And so it really is that, I mean, once you start the process of walking this out and walking out and working out your salvation, it it becomes so second nature. It's a and lifestyle. So, right. And so just to give people that picture of even if even if we're not talking about addiction, like just even walking with the Lord. It's that process. And it's a lifestyle of wanting to see the things that that aren't bringing him glory and that aren't lovely to him and saying, okay, Jesus, then have your way. Then point it out and let me do whatever's necessary. And I love that scripture, Dr. Lori, that you read of James 4. Like if we really, if we really want it, then why like, what would be some of the hesitations that people would have that we can address, like ha- that you've seen, or like aside from just the general anxiety that comes from thinking it's going to be painful or anything like that? Well, there's a fear of being vulnerable. Yeah, you know, we spend a lot of time putting up guards and and like barricading ourselves into this bubble, so to speak, this little safety net. So that's what the lie of the land of denial is, is you're safe here. Right. Right. And so exposing those things brings them to light. So there's you're you are, you're exposed and you're vulnerable and you are open to whatever's coming your way. And so I think fear. Yeah. It's fear and pride. That's good. So humble yourself <laughs> and trust God. Yeah. I mean, but there's a real beauty in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. 
And the, the fact that, I mean, it was Jesus whenever they're in the garden and, and Adam and Eve and they, they're in shame and they want to run and hide, but then God covers them. I mean, he uses animal skins in fact, like that he will cover that feeling. He will cover that shame even before he does anything else. Mm. So just to let that sink in, Dr. Laura, do you have anything else to add? Well, I like what Molly usually says and what she'll ask all of us that are in hard places. And she'll say, well, how's that working out for you? Yeah. And so this is a real paradox in the the fact that the unspeakable has to be spoken. The indescribable must be described. What we're trying to cover and hide actually must be looked at. And so it's that push-pull. But if we, if we do it, if we just do it and just determine this is what I need to do and start that process and put the accountability and the things into place, then we won't be the same. A lot of hard work, absolutely. But anything worthwhile is. Take a lot of time. Absolutely. Like Ali said, and all of us, we're still working on things every day, but time's going to go by anyway. And it's not when we get to a particular destination. It's about the journey with Christ and increasing our capacity to carry him. Mm. Ali, do you have any final thoughts? It's uh, pretty black and white, but to me, it's just do it. Just trust God. You've already, you've already come this far. You've already recognized your absolute need for him that you cannot do it. You've already committed to surrender your life and your will to him. So now you get to walk that out. This is the beginning of a lifestyle and it is beautiful. I can testify to that. It is beautiful and it is worth it. And the hard things in the beginning that seem impossible are not, Mm -hmm. there is nothing impossible for God. And remember that we were not designed for this. We were not designed to be in bondage to our secrets and our hardships. We were not designed and created to be in bondage to sin and separated from God, but we were designed to know him and for him to know us deeply. And for that fellowship, we were created for him and by him. And if we can't be honest with him, If we can't be honest with ourselves, then we're going to hold all of that back and we're just going to continue cycles that we're trying to get out of. And so just put one foot in front of the other and just go do it. So here's what I'm hearing is that if you're in this place, if you're listening now and you're in this place of, man, you're scared to do it and and you've listened to all to the previous podcasts and you're, you're at this crossroads, I think right now. That's the time is this is when the rubber meets the road because now it's time to put in the work and now it's time to to lay down ourself and lay down our sin and lay down our pride and say, yes, Lord, come and change me. I want to put off the old and I want to put on my new life in you. And what I'm hearing is that it's possible. And what I'm hearing is that God hasn't left us, that he's going to do it with you, that he sees you and he knows you. Because the truth is, spoiler alert, he already knows exactly where you are. Whether you want to admit it, admit to it or not, he knows. And there's freedom in just revealing it to him. And then let him cover you. And then let him love you. And then just go and be free and walk in freedom and walk in identity. As Ali said, it's not your identity. You weren't made for this. 
and you're made to break the cycles of the world that have you in bondage and to try something different. And it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. But can I tell you, it's time to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's where growth takes place. And it's beautiful. And we're sitting here today, Allie and I, alive and well, because we know that it's worth it. So if you hear anything today, hear that it's worth it and keep going and be encouraged and stay the course. And even if it looks like it's getting worse before it gets better, that God isn't done. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And he's writing a beautiful story through you. So thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Allie. And thank you, Dr. Loy, for being here. And so we will see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.